Welcome back to the Sound Centric Podcast. I am your host, Adam Dash. And today I'm joined by a man who's been behind a lot of my music for the past five years of my life. One of your favorite producers out there. 15,000 plus subscribers on YouTube, working with so many phenomenal artists. Limo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Excited so for be- this. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited too. Before we fully get into your background of how you started making beats, I'm going to hit you with some quick fire questions and that can kind of give us a better idea of your background. First one, yeah, hopefully totally. you've listened. First one, hopefully you've listened to the album already, but Vultures or Donda? So I've skimmed Vultures just a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say I've fully formed. Like I haven't like really like sat down and like listened front to back like mm-hmm. all the way through. So I'm I'm not going to like give like a full like album review on it right now. So I'm gonna say Donda just to sit, just to be a little safe, I guess. But yeah. I, I've had more time to sit with that album and like run it back more times. But um, I've seen Vultures getting a ton of talk. So I mean, yeah, rightfully definitely. so. And you know, it's Kanye. So anytime he's doing something, it's in the news. Um, but you know, it's a definitely a different time, a different different era of uh, yeah. Kanye that has some stuff you know else, elsewhere. But uh. Don't you know? Don't get gotta get too deep into that. So yeah, as a producer, I'm curious when you listen to an album for the first time, what do you hear? Like for me, I feel like I end up focusing on words on my first listen. What's mm-hmm. it for you? For me, it depends on the artist. I'd say, but in general, excuse me. In general, I would say, <laughs> in general, usually the beats. Um, usually, I'll hear um, more from a production standpoint, and then kind of from there. Definitely, I would say that like the lyricist, the rapper, like kind of how like the whole world for the album comes together, like mm-hmm. how cohesive it is. But I think like since I started making beats, it's um, definitely shifted to more on the production side and like listening and like just like li- like little small intricacies within beats and stuff like that. Just it's or samples even if it's like that type of like record. Like I'm really like trying to like listen for the chop, listen for like how they flipped yeah. it, stuff like that. So going off, the, I mean, the guy's the best chopper probably ever with Kanye West. What is your favorite produced Kanye album? Favorite produced Kanye album? Mm. It might be Life Pablo. Really? It might wow. be. It, I'm, su- just I'm surprised based on the music you make that it's Life of Pablo. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, it's just like a really cool like world on that album every mm-hmm. time I listen back to it. Because you have stuff from like, like pretty much like drumless beats mm-hmm. on not not quite drumless but like more minimal style like no, no more parties in LA or like you know Mad Lib production yeah. um or like even like just like crazy some crazy songs like 30 hours um fire song and then uh, yeah and then like but then like you know the standard Kanye um or not standard but more traditional like Mm-hmm. anthemic stuff still on that album um i feel like just like a pretty good mixture it's it's, it's hard to go wrong though with like definitely that run of albums you can't really say like oh that album was like poorly produced like pretty much everything in that yeah. era or for that 10 years whatever it was um pretty much it so i think it's the perfect mix between old kanye and then what we're getting from kanye now with the more trap stuff i feel like it's the album where he stopped being forward pushing and was kind of doing what was popular with like the trap stuff. He still did it at the highest level because he's Kanye West. Mm-hmm. But then we still had songs like No More Parties in LA and uh, 30 Hours. And I mean, those are the beats I love. For me, I think I got a yeah. complete registration. 
I think that's yeah, so many. I mean, it's classic. Keep going. We ma- yeah, we, we major. That beat might be, I think, the best beat ever, but drive slow. I think every beat on there could be debatably Kanye's best beat ever. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Yeah. I also think about it from like what I listen back to the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do think like those beats are like probably definitely more technical in like terms mm-hmm. of like from like the chop and like stuff like like, like the more like uh like the you know the flips on that are probably more uh in depth and like doing yeah. more to the sample. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. No, but you yeah, that, that era of Kanye was different, like <laughs> backpack rap and stuff. Beast. Okay. Who would you rather have as a feature on your song? Honestly, give me a ranking of these three people. You got Ty Dolla Sign, BJ the Chicago Kid, or Anderson Pack. Mm. I feel like those are the three I king think, of features on a hip hop album. Yeah, I feel like Anderson probably the, the number one. I agree. Yeah, just like he, I love his stuff. He's crazy. Um, hmm. I love VJ the Chicago Kid, but I'm I have to go uh, Ty Dolla Two and him and, and VJ Three. Yeah, today they're all they're all fire though. Like I got you know song. I don't have songs with any of them, but I have songs <laughs> that I've listened to yeah. back many times with all of them on it. So um, yeah, I was having a nice Freddie Gibbs day at the gym, and I was bumping Shame, and he's just BJ. Just like he makes every song better. He's incredible. Yeah, it's just like a good like uh, very like soulful feeling yeah. on that record. So this next question, this isn't a new thing in hip hop whatsoever. It's been around forever, but it's become very popular thanks to people like Madlib and The Alchemist. So which of these, out of these three combos, which rapper producer album would you rather get in the future? This one I've been preaching for a while. Tyler, the creator, produced album for Lil Wayne. Alchemist produced album for J.I.D. Or Kanye produced album for Benny the Butcher. Mm. Those all sound crazy. Like honestly, right? those would all be sick. I'm not. I was yeah, proud of I, that question. <laughs> like that's that. That'd be a fun. Uh, you know, like some fun drops to listen through. I mean, mm, I might have to go Alchemist and Jid. Wow, yeah. I'm actually surprised. I didn't think that'd be the one. I you feel chose. like that'd be crazy because it would be. Because I feel like Alk, like he he approaches like he'll go outside his comfort lane and like you know adjust to the artist he's working with but not in like a standard way like he'll he'll make a trap beat like 50 bpm or like something like just super different like in his own like unique uh experimental um like just different style but like and that can bring out something new out of the lyricist or the Mm -hmm. out of the artist in that in that way um and i I, yeah i just love i love alk uh and like how he's how he flips samples and stuff. Yeah, I met him at a record store once, and I was just like, "Wow, yo, what'd you say?" Appreciate you. I, I said like, "Yo, appreciate you. Like, love your beats." Just like, just kept it pushing. I didn't want to like drag him. Yeah. Like, you know, he was buying records and stuff in a busy store. It was on record store day, so pretty crowded <laughs> in there. But no, yeah, shout out Alk. <laughs> I would have been stalking him from a distance, trying to see what samples he was grabbing. <laughs> No, I was. I was like looking at his stack. He had a, he had like 150 records underneath his his arm. Like it was the biggest stack of records I've ever seen. But it was cool because uh, they had like a listening station, and then, you know, he was listening through records. And then he finished up, and then I was just happened to be in line next, so I got to use the same you know turntable that Alk was wow. using right before. So I was like, dang, that's pretty sick. I wonder if like he found any like samples that he went on to like make songs out yeah. of from that session. That'd be crazy. I don't know. 
I saw a clip of him one time. He was talking. I think it was for the drum broker for one of his drum kits. He was saying like, "I wish I had a MPC like in the record store, so I could just like make the beat right when I hear mm-hmm. it." Because like the inspiration sometimes just like strikes there, and then you don't yeah. hear it again. You might not hear it the same way later on. I don't know. That'd be an interesting idea for a record store to kind of make a back room that's a studio, knowing that they have mm-hmm. famous producers or people go in. That'd be. I think mm-hmm. you're onto something. You should you should start that up. Um, yeah, because like especially, yeah, or like you could do so many things with it. Like you could throw events and whatever. Yeah, if you had like a space listening party, something. To yeah, totally. My my first song ever when I was fifteen was over kicking the door, and I got DJ Premier to listen to my first song ever, and he was like, "Brother, thank you for doing this. You were rhyming off beat, and I didn't even care that I was rhyming. I'm like the goat. Listen to what I made. Just at the primo. And primo listened. I'm never. I'm never gonna fail." <laughs> Never going to fail. That's the man. <laughs> so next question regarding a man who has some of the best produced albums of all time, Freddie Gibbs. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite beat switch from Freddie? For me, I think it would have to be Fake Names off of uh, Vandana, but there's so many like like just solid choices you could have. Like, oh, man, like it's just with Mad Lib and like, yeah, you can't really go wrong with that. Fake names is like a crazy one because it's such a change up in sound where it's like, what the hell it's is that? Flute coming in at the end oh is like, god. oh my god, so good. But, <laughs> but I think Blackest in the Room, the way it transitions, it fits so well with how the beat's going and the way his vocal inflection, like he gets angry as the beat kind of gets angrier. So I think that yeah. might be the, cl- the cleanest one, but not necessarily like the best one. True, but, true, true. I love a good beat. Like half main, half cocaine is like just like a fun yeah, song. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's like never heard a Mad Lib trap beat before. That was like the first time. Yeah. Knock white Jesus <laughs> off of that white horse. <laughs> so you're a man who, I mean, this is just how marketing works with YouTube, that you have to do tight beats. It's just how it works. Yeah. But a lot of your beats are either Mad Lib, Jay Dilla, Alchemist. Give us, and I know this might be hard for you, what is the top Let's do top four producers for you. In order, if you can. I know it's a hard choice, though. Yeah, for me, it, man, this is a hard choice because, like, it'll it'll switch. But I would say, like, all-time, for, for me, all-time Prime Mad Lib is my favorite, like, just in terms of how much I've listened to, like, his beat tapes and, like, the Beat Conductor series, um, mm-hmm. all that, all, like, that type of stuff. Like, I'll, I'll run the, that all the time. Um... Mm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I would say Alk, probably two for me. Like, I think this is the thing. Like, I think Dilla is amazing, but in terms of just like my personal enjoyment, I have like the higher, yeah. just like the type of beats that I enjoy. But like, Dilla is definitely a legend, so I gotta have him in there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like not do like the Mad Lib Alchemist Dilla knowledge. Nah, <laughs> like, you're. Classic, it's just, just how, underground. It's just how it like, is. Um, I'm trying to think for for four. Um, if I get you with the with the Dilla. It's like it's the same way that if you ask a huge rap fan, they say like Pac or Biggie in their top five, even because they know that respectfully, like that those might be the best skill impact rappers of all time, but might not necessarily be what you listen to the most. So I'm not like yeah. the hugest Tupac fan, although I can obviously acknowledge the importance he is to hip hop. So yeah. like this I might be. I, some, a, sorry, I sometimes. Yeah. Throw Jay Dilla in my top five, but I'm like, I don't know if I listen to enough Jay Dilla beats that like he really is my top five. Yeah, exactly. Like honor, like definitely like in terms of like 
impact, but in terms of like what I listen to the most. Same thing with like the Doom. Like I like I've, in the past, I've probably listened to more like uh, Metal Fingers beat tapes and stuff. But just like now, I, I wouldn't say like it's like what I'm in. It's in my current rotation as much. And like yeah. hmm, for like fourth pick, I might I might pick like Kevin Parker, Tim okay. Paul. Might be wow, a little okay. left field. It's not as much hip hop, but I just think he's like just like you know, it's not not it's a pretty basic pick for music yeah. in general, but. He's just like so talented to be able to play everything, write everything, um, re- you know, record it all. Mm. This is my my most hidden music take. I've actually never heard "Currents" by Tame Impala, and I it's one of those albums that I know it's everyone's like favorite album when they've listened to it, and there's no reason why I should not have listened to it yet. And one yeah. day I will I will be in the right situation. I'll put them headphones in, and I will become the most annoying music fan ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the first few months after you listen to it, you're like, oh, this nothing else matters. <laughs> this is whole personality. Whole yeah, that was like me in like tenth grade. I don't maybe not maybe it was a little later than that. I don't remember exactly um, what when it was, but yeah. no, <laughs> you'll you'll enjoy it. I think for my quick top four, I feel like realistically Kanye is my favorite producer. Like it's not someone I immediately think of because I also love him outside of just his beats, his rapping too, but I think it's probably Kanye. And then I'll go mm-hmm. Primo because I think Moment of Truth by DJ by Gangstar is the best produced album ever. Then I will go Alchemist because obviously his amazing hits in the early 2000s, but right now what he's doing for hip-hop, he's on his collab, it's like at what point is it not even a run? Is it just a career? It's like when we talk about like yeah. J. Cole features, it's like he's been doing it for so long. I don't know if it's a run or if he's just that good. Um, pals, the uh, the whole album of Larry June last year had some of the best beats I've ever heard in my life. Oh like, yeah, I love that album. Palisades, California, eighty nine earthquake. I'm like, holy this this guy. Yeah, no, he's crazy. Also, honorable mention to Earl. Earl Sweatshirt. Love his beats. Also, I gotta throw in Tyler. I think Tyler's such a good yeah, producer. Exactly. And I threw Lil Wayne in that for. I think I've talked about this before. <clears throat> listening back through old Wayne because. I wasn't listening to Lil Wayne in 2008. I was seven years old. But listening to him now, I don't love his beat choice particularly. I think he's one of the best rappers that's ever been there. But I think sometimes he choose some of his beats sound very 2000s-ish, and now he's kind of yeah. They might not age as well. Yeah, but when he raps on other stuff, when he raps on dropping seeds, or when he's rapping Mm -hmm. on what's it called on Call Me If You Get Lost, I'm blanking the name. But when he's on Tyler production, I'm like. He needs to do a whole album of this jazzy, flowery type beast. I think it'd be a classic album. Yeah, I, f- I feel like even if it's just like an EP or something, it could be cool to see. Um, I, I I don't know if it if it would happen just because like based off like what you know I don't know like what they're both working. I feel like they're probably yeah. pretty busy. But um, no, nah, it would be it would be it'd be cool. I definitely listen to that. So now let's get into how you started making beats. We have an idea of what who your inspirations are. But what made you, guess what age, what made you actually start tapping the drum machine? Mm-hmm. So I used to play, a little backtracking, I used to play baseball most of my life. And then I you know, got burnt out, kind of fell out of love with that. And I was 19, yeah. It was like February 2020. So yeah, 19. And just started a tight beat channel. And I was like, I'm bored. I'm going to see what's what's you know, what's happening. I was taking like a gap year from college. So I had a lot of time on my hands 
And I was always a you know fan of music. I had a radio station. Not I didn't have a radio station. I had a show on my high school's radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, broadcasting music and stuff. So I always like, you know, was into like listening to music, finding music, all that type of stuff. Um, and then like I was like you know watching like stuff like The Cave uh, from like Kenny Beats. Of course. Um, and just like stuff like that made me start you know more interested in production. Um, and then you know pandemic came around. So had a lot more time on my hands and really just was uh, spending, you know, I wouldn't say all day, but a good chunk of time making beats. Um, yeah, like at the beginning, like it was just on YouTube, like uploading type beats. At the beginning, I was like, some days it would be like five, six, seven uploads a day. Just like throwing anything out there to see like what would stick. This is like when I had like 100 or 200 subscribers. And now on my main channel, I have like, a little over thirteen seven hundred, and then on my other channel, I have, with my collab channel, I have like two hundred something. But that's still getting off the off the ground. But um, yeah, I was just like throwing anything out there at that time. Now I try to upload a few times a week at least. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like really just kept it going from there. I was doing mostly like I still do it now, but um, like chop sample type beats, like Earl Sweatshirt type beats. Um, you know more of that old school or like Joey Badass type beats, Mad Lib, Freddie Gibbs, et cetera. Like just like flipping samples and, you know, uploading that beat. Same make the beat upload the same day. Like then nothing nothing's in the vault. Like I'm making it yeah. and uploading it within five minutes. Um and like that was cool and all and like I still do that occasionally, but since then it's been working still doing that been but then also working more uh, with artists um more directly and like sending like me you know making stuff from scratch. I work a lot with um, a lot of really talented sample producers and musicians, um, you know, guitarists, bass players, keyboards, horns players, etc. So it's like really cool to see like the development of it, I guess, like mm-hmm. for the artist's perspective, because now we can get like a fully, um, not, you know, it doesn't sound exactly the same, but it's in our own uh, own way, but like a 70s or like 80s type sample or flip, but it's all from scratch and like all mm. written by the homies and it's more like original and not like, you know, you, yeah. you don't have like 500 other producers who have flipped the same sample yeah. and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's fun. But uh, yeah, just a, I don't even like know really a, what like type of genre I would say like I make mostly now. It's kind of hip hop definitely, but like jazz undertones mm-hmm. just from like the people I kind of work with. So I want to get into the business side of YouTube in a second and beat making, but Mm -hmm. so had you never made beats before you first started during that break from college? Yeah, no, never really. That's wild. I like opened Ableton a few times, but yeah, keep going. Sorry, around with it. It's wild because I must have been making beats to your first or making songs to your first couple beats, and the only thing like you were very talented right away. Only thing now is that you're like the mixing on the beats is way better. Like I remember, like m- maybe it was loud in your ears or something, just because it's hard as hell to mixing is the hardest part in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's crazy. That did you always feel like you had that skill of picking good samples, or you're you knew like oh if I if I if you were listening to jazz music, you're like oh I would cut it here. I get what you mean. Yeah, I feel like I always like, especially at the beginning, was more a melody driven, or not melody driven, but more like the sample flip driven like mm-hmm. he- hearing more intricacies in that part because yeah it take it definitely can take a while to you know get your drum sounding decent 
yeah. and uh, mixes mixes also. And and this was a good thing for me when I was like first starting out is like drumless beats. You really don't have to mix them that much. Um, <laughs> like it's pretty yeah. easy to mix because uh, it's just a sample. Like you know you edit it and whatnot, but it's not. Um, yeah, you don't have tons and tons of layers going on. So those are pretty easy to mix at the start. But yeah, it was. I don't. It was just like. I, and yeah, I try, hopefully my mixes are better now. I try. I try. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you, you. You know, been tapped in. So. So, do you have any advice for someone who is starting to make beats and the way to go about posting on YouTube? Do you think you built this pretty strong following because you're uploading seven times a day in that initial period, or do you look back and say, "I could have let it sit for a day and maybe released just the best stuff"? Yeah, I think more the latter, and also like. Finding a consistent um, thing that works for you and like communicating that to the people who subscribe to you. Um, for a while, I would say oh, a good chunk over a year, like a year and a half, I was doing pretty much daily uploads, just one a day. And that seemed to work uh, pretty good. Um, I don't think you have to do daily, for, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, just like having something that you stick to uh, roughly. And I need to do a better job of that on my main channel right now. But on yeah. like my collab channel with my homie Yeti, um, we've been posting just beats that we've been making together, and we've been pretty good about posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every mm-hmm. week on there. So that's and like that channel has like two hundred twenty subscribers, and it it'll get the same amount of views as a channel posted on wow. a, a video posted on my main channel. Just because YouTube at the moment for tight beats, I haven't found a ton of success in the last few months on there been more um, working with artists and stuff. I think mm. maybe I just need to put more time into it. But yeah, historically it's been, um, like especially during the pandemic, I think more, this is just a yeah. cons- you know conspiracy, conspiracy theory I have on the YouTube uh, type beat stuff. But I think like during the pandemic, people had a lot of time and, uh, you know, stimulus checks and stuff like that. Mm. I don't think that was the direct, directly leads to people buying beats, but like, I feel like people were definitely on YouTube a lot. Not that they aren't now, but yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I still, people can still, I still feel like tons of success, success on there. So I don't want to sound like I'm hating. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the game's always changing. So I'm just trying to find better ways to adapt. And I feel like another underrated part about posting on YouTube is the thumbnail. Cause I know mm-hmm. I can choose clicking on a beat purely based on the picture that the producer chose to upload it. How do you go about picking? what picture for what beat or just a random mm-hmm. catalog of pictures yeah so i have a folder and then within that folder i have like a, each artist i just have like a bunch of pictures of like that i found off like google images or like from different shows or different um press like you know photo shoots stuff like that that I, uh-huh. I try to match it as best as i can or like if something in the beat references just by coincidence like something in one of the photos i'll try to use that but I try. I try not to overthink it too much. Over than over like other than um never reusing the same photo. Yeah. Trying to never do that. So I think I probably have slipped up a few times somewhere in there. But for most, yeah, appreciate it. Most of the part, I try to like. I would say like maybe matching the colors in the photo, like the lighting. If it's a if it's a live photo, like if there's like LED back LED lighting or like stage lighting in the background, it might like match the tone or vibe of the beat. Um, mm-hmm. If it's like an angry beat might use red, yeah. <laughs> chill beat, might use blue, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just a really cool photo, you can also just use that as yeah. well. So we've had Stoic on a few months ago, another amazing producer. 
and we asked shout him about the shout the stoic. We talked about the um, YouTube um, producer community and kind of how you guys are close. I remember when was it last year when Batman when J Cole rapped on his beat. I feel like that was the coolest moment. I'm sure it was even cooler yeah. for you because the like, text as the cover was crazy. <laughs> so. I guess I'm first curious, what was your reaction to that? And then tell me about the YouTube, the community that you guys have formed, like how, what producers you're close with, how it feels being able to connect and kind of share ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the seeing that for, for Batman, I don't know him personally, but I've been, you know, before I was making beats, I would like listen to beats on YouTube just because like I was, I don't know, just to study too, it'd be nice to, yeah. you know, that type of music back in high school. But yeah, seeing that was <laughs> insane. Um, it's like the stuff that like, it doesn't. It seems like it's a like a clickbait title when you first see it. You're like, there's no way. Like, yeah. Like, because sometimes like you'll see people like post a type beat and it's like free type beat featuring the weekend and it's like what? Like, yeah. <laughs> like let's like they'll put that in the title or whatever. But no, that was 100 percent real, of course. And yeah, just probably like the biggest moment for like type beat producers, I would say. Yeah. Like for like at least like that was focused on like. The producer aspect of it not like getting a placement or something like that yeah but it's given it's given me personal inspiration from even the podcasting so i'm like what if an artist like that was like fuck it let me go on a small podcast and talk to someone so mm-hmm. it's crazy like that that influence shout to cole he's he's the goat yeah that was that was crazy there was yeah for real and like for the community side i think it's cool um because like for me i you know you, you you see a bunch of other people on youtube doing their thing and like posting beats and like you know, there's a lot of talented people on there. So you can you come across like a bunch of people, but you might not interact with them uh, more, you know, than just like a comment or like watching their video. And then like, for me, at least like I've like stumbled across people's profiles on like Instagram or Twitter that like I've been subscribed to on YouTube for like years and then never like reached out or like never like found them until like later. So it's like, it's just like cool to see like how, um, Everyone is like, I don't know, I guess like doing their own thing, but also like still in like a, you know, somewhat of a community. And and also I think it's it's cool to see like where people are going with it from like just doing tight beats to like doing projects with artists or like doing, yeah. um, you know, working on you know ma- major records and like the stuff like all the people in odd status where, you know, with Russ, mm-hmm. you know, working on that project and stuff like that. Um, so it's just it's cool to see like you're able to still you know do the tight beats but also expand beyond that and you know keep growing so yeah it's fun let's get into now the weekly playlist title we use this as a way to kind of highlight how we're feeling this week and to also highlight some music that we're loving this week so Limo what is highlighting the playlist this week yeah so I'm gonna give a shout out to my homie Paco he just dropped a new EP for Go and you know the whole EP's fire but one of them on their Superfire Slingshot with Tommy. So I'm going to give that my pick. So I feel like a question that most starting producers have is they can put their beats on YouTube and they can get a couple of views, but how do you actually start working with artists? So you mentioned how, I mean, Geo found you on Twitter, but what would your advice be for artists who are trying to look for someone else to collaborate with? For artists looking for like producers to collaborate, or producers looking for like artists to collaborate with producers looking for artists. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. So I've been trying to post more like reels and stuff recently, and just like getting my like beats out there, content that way, and just like trying to see like if anyone 
likes mm-hmm. it, they can reach out. And like I have had like a few people just reach out to me that I haven't worked with from just videos that I posted, um, mm-hmm. just of like beats and stuff like that. So that's like one way you can do it for sure. And also, um, you know, reaching out like it's like not I wouldn't say cold calling, but like you know you can reach out to people and like be like hey like don't just do it don't copy and paste and be like yeah, yeah. same message to everyone but like put some thought into it and be like and like actually like message people that would make sense not just for you to work with but like from like a like a size perspective like you don't want to like message Drake and be like yo I got beats for you yeah like but but and like also but like from like a, a genre and like sound perspective like what would be a good fit and stuff like that so I don't know I try to I don't think I try to like send out too many um, just like random packs to people. Like mm-hmm. usually, it's, if someone DMs me and if it's right, like I'll send them s- some stuff, or like I can try to, um, you know, maybe send them a, one thing, just like a single beat, some stuff like that, or I can like direct them to my store. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of just depends. I feel like it's case by case if, if artists are hitting you up in that sense, but also going the other way um, for producers looking for artists to work with, you know. Not everything has to be at that moment. Also, it can be a, you can lay a seed and then, you know, it can develop and later on you might work with someone. Yeah. So, what are some of the pros and cons of just making music in your room and sending it to people versus actually collaborating in the studio with the artist? Yeah. So, some pros of being in your room, you have like full control of your time. You can make whatever you whatever you want to. Um, oftentimes, if it's you know you're just posting beats. And no one else is on them. You get hundred percent of everything, or like yep. you know, it's it's all you. So you don't gotta, you don't have to worry about other stuff. You don't. It's you know, it's on your terms. So that's a, a, a pro of that. But the negative of, the, of it being that is you're limited to, you know, your ideas and what you can contribute, and um, you know how what how you would approach something, and like it's I think it's fun also getting outside and like doing other stuff. So like for me, I I do prefer like being out in the studio, like working with people, because you, sure it might not be like a hundred percent you producing it, or like it might be you and the other homies on it, but at the end of the day, I think the product is better because you can all bring something to it, like mm-hmm. that you're like and you're strong, like your strong suit. So I think the music is better at the at the end of the day for yeah. me. Um, it's they're just more unique, um, and also like. It's, you know, if if you're making music with like people you like, it's like fun to be with the homies. So yeah, are there from a business standpoint? Because sadly, the business side is partly just as important as the actual music you're making. Are there any producers that you've kind of tried to follow what they've done? I mean, Alchemist has really led a movement independently with his record label Alk, and they've been constantly working with artist albums and coming out with merchandise. Is there anyone else that you've kind of looked at as a blueprint to follow? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, totally. Like Alk and like Kenny and like all those guys, I think have really done a dope job of growing them their brand and like themselves beyond just like music producer, like mm-hmm. be, be, whether it be like album or executive, like creative or just like you know content or whatever. Um, but I think like something that sticks out for me is uh, kind of like Smino and Monty, like kind of how like they came up. I talk about it with J-Mac, or my name isn't J-Mac all the time, one of the artists I work with a bunch, uh-huh. and also one of my close friends. But um, kind of like Smino and Monty came up together, just like they were making music, just doing their thing, you know, mm-hmm. step by step by step. Um, and then at the end of the day, like, or now, 
they're both huge in like I feel like you know they kind of I feel like it's, they're not the only ones that have come together like producer and a rapper yeah. but that's kind of the way I view it is a just like work with artists or just like you don't have to only do it this way but a, a one yeah. way you can do it is work with artists and then um, you know if it works out you're both doing well at the end of the day. They're so like, really like kind of like Joey and Static Selecta or something like that. Yeah. I don't, he's not only with Joey, but yeah, the Griselda yeah. producers also like Conducta and like Derringer, Derringer, those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's. I mean, Smino, I have like 20 rappers in my top five, but I will say that Smino is in my top five and Monte Booker. The sound that yeah. they've created for each other, and I mean this as a compliment. You know when it's a Monte Booker beat. It's just mm-hmm. exactly there's like that. And the song Z for L is like the example I would use. There's like a sound in it. It's like, pew, like it's always the Monte Booker. Yeah. And yeah, I use a drum kit all has, the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you ever feel the pressure? I mean, you touched on how you think your sound more jazzy, that sample cut. Do you ever feel that pressure? Like, oh, I have to have like this specific sound the way that I know it's a Monte Booker beat or I know it's an Alchemist beat. How do you juggle that? So like for YouTube, it's definitely more in the back of my head, at least more so in the past, I would say, I would think about like, oh, I got to flip the sample maybe a little bit more like to make it sound like an Alchemist type beat. So like it would do better in the algorithm. But now I just try to like make stuff that sounds good to me that Mm -hmm. I like enjoy. And usually that also ends up being stuff that other people enjoy or other like other artists enjoy stuff like that. Because Mm -hmm. for me, whenever I try to like clone something too directly, it ends up just taking too long and not being that good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do try to like, I'll, I'll throw in like a little inspiration definitely. And like nothing is unique also. Like everything is based off of prior, like, uh, you know, what's been made before you. Like, yeah. I don't think like there's a wholly original idea early. Um, so I don't know, just... I try to make stuff that I enjoy, but then also like, you know, I'll throw some references in there. Like I made a beat the other day and threw like a Dilla siren in there. I was like, fuck uh. it, why not? <laughs> I'm curious but. if you ever did this at the beginning of your career because I I was working with producer, and I've I've gone through so many different evolutions of my voice being too like too much of a rap voice, like lay back, use your normal voice. But the producer said to me, pick a song. He's like, choose Swayed by Anderson Pack. It's one of my favorite songs ever. He's like, yep. record the song like you're Anderson Pack and then send it to me. And then he's like, he had me do a bunch of songs and like, just like rap like you're that artist. Did you ever in the beginning of your career try to re- replicate beats? Like, let me try to redo this Mac Miller beat and see if I can get it how he did it. Hmm. Never, I wouldn't say like exactly 100%, but there have been like, when I was especially like very starting off, like early, like I think I did do a few yeah, yeah, no, I totally did. A few <laughs> flips of same sample and then like same style. Like the math of like what a day beat, I did like a flip of that and like I did like two BPM faster and like three semitones higher. Or like wasn't yeah. that much different. But it was just like, I don't know, I just wanted to like see how I thought Mad Love, like, or like I knew how he flipped it because you can hear it and like you can see the, the original song and the, what the flip sounds like. But like, Actually, like going in and like working with the original audio, trying to make it sound like Madlib did, is like was like a cool exercise. But like, at the you don't want to be stuck doing that forever because yeah, you know you got to do your own stuff eventually. Yeah, but I think it has you know has a purpose for like an exercise or something. 
Yeah. I wouldn't like, you know, release that, and especially if you're like a oh, rapper no. and you're like doing like a cover song. Oh, no. ne- never. <laughs> but, it was purely, no, purely, mean, yeah, purely defined how to use my voice correctly. But mm-hmm. I've tried to get, I've tried to get into beat making multiple times. I mean, with anything in art, you're going to suck for like a year plus at it. So it's definitely been a tough battle. But I remember trying to replicate the Diablo beat just to see like, how do I layer drums and how do I change a sample and how do I do this? So I think it has like helpful things at the beginning. But obviously, you had to create your own sound at some point. Yeah, I love that beat too. Great oh, album faces. Oh my god! I wish they would have cleared the original sample for the final version. But it's all good. I understand why it's like a Coltrane yeah. sample. So there's no yeah. It's not yeah, happening. Hey, you can still go on SoundCloud if you want to hear that one. I've actually I've yeah, I got it on my local files. <laughs> <laughs> my my third song ever is over Diablo, and then I think I've wrapped over like three songs on that album. It's. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so good. The instrumentals on there are so good. Crazy. Yeah. Let's get into your new beat tape. Go figure is out now. Go stream it. Some beautiful beats. Yeah. So are you a big beat tape guy? Because I know we asked Stoic this question, and he said personally he does not like making beat tapes. But obviously there's been amazing beat tapes, such as it was just the anniversary of Jay Dill's Donuts. So what made you want to come and release out your own tape? Yeah, so... For me, I've been collecting records for longer than I've been producing. Just, just add, you know, out of love for music and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I wanted to do something with them, and I've been working on a producer album, same, similar type concept, where it's all vinyl samples, all from like my uh, collection that I've, you know, been procuring or whatever throughout the years. For like my grandma will send me records, and I'm like <laughs> trying to make a beat out of them. That's awesome. It'd be like some old like '40s music, <laughs> but sometimes it works out. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, but go figure. I don't know. It's I'm a huge fan of like Madlow beat tapes and uh, that sound and that type of project. I guess with like just vocal samples, random vocal samples coming in, yeah. um, short songs, beat switches, stuff like that. And I don't want to say it's like an ode to that because that sounds like kind of weird. But it was definitely like that's why I was like listening to a lot of that stuff when I was making it. Um, and also, I think it's I'm not the type of person to like always be making beat tapes, but kind of just like. When the inspiration hits, I wanted to do it. Um, and I had like some time at the end of the year. It was you know year wrapping up, and I kind of wanted to have it ready to be to go at the start of this year. Uh-huh. So I was just working on it at the end of last year, and um, basically like taking old uh, ideas that I had and like never fully realized them or stuff like that, or even sometimes like beats that I had flipped on my YouTube channel. Not beats, but a sample on my YouTube channel, like a flip of it, and then I found the record eventually, and like re-recorded it, redid the beat, like in a new, like better way, stuff like that, and like not mm. like a YouTube to MP3 yeah, recording yeah. flip. So yeah, like it's I don't know. It's, it, for me, it was just a kind of more creative exercise. I wanted to test the waters. Um, I hadn't dropped anything since 2020 on like all platforms, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do more, um, more you know, more stuff out there. So. Just making sure uh, it had like all my DSP yeah. stuff in order. It was a little frustrating. Title, uh, title was fine, but uh, two lost. Uh, it wasn't their fault. I don't think my <laughs> account is like at lowercase. So Limo is like L I M zero or whatever. But the L of my two lost account is lowercase, and then my t- Spotify and Apple Music is uppercase L. And I went to the wrong profile because of that, oh. so I had to fix that. Yeah. But I think so. It was like also like working out the bugs. Um, just a beat tape, not you know. 
I have a project with the you know features and stuff from artists, so mm-hmm. trying to finish that up. But I wanted to just get the tape out ahead yeah. of that. And, uh, yeah. To give you a quick story about the annoying independent distributors, because they try their best. But I was uploading an <laughs> no, album. All love to them. <laughs> I was uploading an album like four years ago to DistroKid with a beat that I purchased from I forget what producer it was. And when I uploaded the album, it said this song has been used before. Like it's already been uploaded. And it gave me a specific name title. And I looked at the song, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, and it did not exist. Whatever song they said I was copying did not exist. Maybe the artist used that beat and took it down. I don't know. But I was like, fuck. It kind of screwed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes I've seen that. Sometimes it can be like their song is also being uploaded in the system at that time. Yeah. And like it's not yet released, but like they they have some like uh, content ID on theirs from their side, and they're like attacking everybody. Like I've had like my own beats yeah. on YouTube get claimed for songs that I produced. That's crazy. <laughs> just the way it is. You just gotta send the yeah. dispute in, and you'll get released. But I yeah. saw someone <laughs> tweet about this that when people do do that, they'll take credit and say like this person's copying me. That YouTube automatically believes the person filing the claim right away and will like suspend yeah. someone's entire account. And they're like, yo, this person just copied my music and released it as themselves. And it's like... Yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, because YouTube, you can, like, Content ID will file, the, and like, it's up to you, the, the person who gets claimed against to file a, like, counter, like, a, just be like, yo, this isn't right. And like, for them to, like, go review it and, like, release the claim or whatever. So yeah, it's not like they don't give you but then at, at the end of the day you could just hit no to all those I guess and then like no claims to go through. So I get maybe why it's up yeah. to, you have to go in and like dispute it but it does feel like a little bit broken that anything even like vague like even like I've had like if I had a beat with like a splice sample for the melody and someone else used that splice sample and you're not supposed oh, to run that through content ID because it's like a royalty free thing. Um, oh. And then they're like different beat, different totally thing. And we just use the same source material and they're claiming my stuff now. It's just the it's, way, it's just, it's just the algorithm too. It's not them selecting my video also. Yeah. You know? Well, Limo, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to give you a space to shout out. Anything that's happening right now, first your social medias, your YouTube, but also any new music that's coming or anything's coming your way, let us know. Yeah, appreciate that. So my YouTube's at Limo, L-I-M-0, and then I also got a collab channel, Gutty Plus Limo. Then my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter's at Limo Music. Um, got, hopefully, finish up my producer album, get that wrapped up on the way. And then uh, also got, you know, just a lot of other music coming out for the that I produced for the homies. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, should be some cool announcements coming soon so yeah i'm excited for this year thank you for having me as well of course man if you made it this far into the podcast please like subscribe subscribe to his channel as well it is amazing and we will 